hello. What did you just laugh? I was just <laughs> so sorry. literally about to do the professional oh intro. Lord. What made you laugh? <laughs> what was it funny? That's Girl. my professional face. Welcome with the chimp. Hello and a very warm welcome back to Widow.af, your chatty episode. You're here with your host, that's me, Rosie Gilmoss, and my alive husband. Jonathan Gilmoss. So welcome back. Thank you for joining us. We are going to have a little bit of a chat today about Maria's episode for anybody that hasn't listened. You know the drill. You really should have. Um, there are a couple of clips on our Instagram page, which will give you a bit of a flavour. Um, so Maria was our first trans guest and she gave us a really unique insight into that world. I came away feeling quite enlightened mm. and... And quite inspired as well. Actually. Yeah, because, I mean, she's took some guts what she's done yeah. and... Um, and it's, it's also a really interesting, fascinating interview, even if I say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I had a Facebook request from a Mandy. And on closer inspection, it transpires that it was Maria's current alive partner. Um, now, she did refer to herself as Maria's alive Mandy because her first wife was also called Mandy. Yeah. I mean, at least it keeps things simple, right? True, yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, they met actually because it was through the power of Way, which is widowed and young, that Maria found the the confidence and the courage to become her, um, and as she described it, authentic self. Yeah. And as a result of some of the people that she met through Way, including Jess, who was one of our early guests. And I, if you haven't gone back to the early episodes, I mean, the sound quality isn't quite the same, but the stories are. And um, Jess has been widowed twice um, in her early 30s. So that's a, that is a fascinating listen, but I, I digress. Um, but she actually even credits Jess with saving her life at times. And even doing the simple things like sending her videos of how to do her makeup and ideas for outfits and things meant that it gave her the confidence to become who she felt she truly was. Yeah. Um, And that's the thing, that's that's another theme that goes across quite a lot of the interviews is in order to deal with your grief that's come through, you've got to become unapologetically you. Oh, that's nice. The problem is, or the challenge I'm certainly finding as well is, finding out who that is um, yeah. and settling there so you know that's the one thing that came out of her interview was this she needed to become herself in order to carry the bags that she had to carry and also it is interesting you say that because obviously maria has gone through a, a major transition but we all go through some degree of transition yeah. after being bereaved and particularly being widowed and i think to a certain degree, I'm unrecognisable as the person. Me too. And I think most widows would say the same. Um, in many ways, I am a better person. I'm more compassionate. I'm kinder. I'm sober. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, it's given me a core of steel that I, I didn't know I had. I just wished that we didn't have to discover this in quite such a brutal way. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, I said that in therapy. Did you? Uh, yeah, Did you? I said that exact same. Yeah, but, <laughs> but we were we were talking about because um, I'm, I'm coming up to five years like, in the next week or so, um, and it, it's stinging, <laughs> stinging a little bit. And actually, this ties into something um, Maria said 
with the, the memory of that time, even after eight years or you know five years in my case, it's still crystal clear. We were talking last night about this. We've got a clip of her saying this. Actually, um, drop this into this now. Yeah, yeah. We'll play you a clip now, um, and you can. Are the ones who've uh, not had time to listen yet? Well, <laughs> maybe they're catching up, John. Maybe yeah, they're maybe catching, catching up. up. <clears throat> um, then you can have a listen. But it's it's the clarity of that moment of shock and everything that's around it. Um, it, it I don't think it ever fades. It's funny. After eight years, you'd think that the memory would have faded a little, but it doesn't. No. It, it's, as, it's as much as... Yeah. I like the way you can hear the emotion in her voice um, because I like real feelings. And, mm. I, and this awareness that these really big, strong waves of grief or emotion or anger, or whatever the big feelings are, that they don't go away with time. Um, they lessen and they become less consuming. But you've just touched upon the point that you're approaching your five-year death anniversary, as, yeah. as it were. And um, because of the nature of Sarah's illness, this is a really difficult period of time for you because this is when you are preparing to, for, you know, yeah. not, the hope yeah. is gone. Your yeah, hope no, is gone phase. Yeah, we had um, from... like. The, Lovingly call it the game over conversation. Mm. Um, well, we got two weeks. Mm. So you're in that sort of real, you know, horrible zone now. Yeah. Whereas I think sometimes when you have a sudden death, you have, I, I often get upset the day before and the day of, you know, but with a terminal illness, there are so many um, incremental losses throughout the, throughout the process. And <clears throat> I really felt that actually also with Maria's episode is, this sort of loss of control and autonomy over her wife's demise, yeah, you know. There's nothing you can do. No. And, and, sorry. Yeah, it, it's... Um, You're powerless for the first yeah. time in your life, potentially, and, you, and you know, with Sarah being sick, you know, you were you, you, a part owner of a successful company, you know, you, you, you were used to being in a position of power or authority and able to control things, and suddenly there's fuck all that you can do to save the person you love. And that yeah. is incredibly, almost infantilizing and, you know, you feel incredibly helpless. I'm speaking from learned experience, not lived actually mm. on this one, but... Um, then, no, I'm not going to go to an NHS rant because it's not the NHS fault. But you actually, um, you did get to take Holly to see... Uh, um, I keep going to say Starlight Express. Back to the Future. Because Back to I the booked, Future, the musical. Because <laughs> I booked tickets for Starlight Express for John's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, darling. <laughs> uh, sorry, Back to the Future. And you, you loved it, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It's really, really good. Um, I finally got Holly to admit that she's not seen the film. I know she's uh. not seen the film. Because um, she was coming with all sorts of cock and ball stories about what Back to the Future was not really understanding, like, there's one of the biggest fans sitting right beside her. But um, if you get the opportunity to go and see it, go and see it. It's amazing. It's um, 1950s rock and roll style um, musical with probably some of the best, like, special effects I've seen. And actually, <clears throat> I was talking to a friend this morning. Um, there is, and I can't remember the name of it, I'll try and dig it out of the depths of my brain, um, but there is a scheme in the school holidays. I think it's only the summer holidays where they do cheap West End tickets for kids. And uh, I, I remember taking Monty to see, I think it was Wind in the Willows. Um, and I think I got a ticket 
for about 15, 20 pounds. So yeah. it suddenly starts because West End ticket prices, um, if you want to actually be able to see anything, are extortionate. I mean, but in terms of spending quality time together, as father and daughter, it's can be a you know it can be a challenging to find something that you want to do together. And you are her biggest supporter in football. You're there for every training and yeah. every match, and and you know really champion her, and, and that that's your thing together. But I think it's important, particularly in a a blended family like we are or and any family with multiple children really that you do spend some one-on-one time and something like going to see a musical or going to the cinema is nice because it's you don't have to talk throughout the whole thing yeah you just bit, be with each other yeah you can just and you you know get a burger and often having a chat on the train or in the car is is a good time to talk them. But the reason I'm saying it is, is because it was quite a bloke-friendly production, whereas West End musicals, not, and I'm, I hate to stereotype all here, but often men are less keen on a, a West End musical. Um, but this was quite bloke-friendly. Yeah, it was, good, it was good. And for and it, it ticks all the nostalgia boxes as well. I'm actually gutted that I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody had to do the school runs. John will tell you the full story, but basically, with regards to schools, we all know that they can be a little bit stringent on attendance, which when you have children who are bereaved and will potentially have subsequent um, challenges as a result of this, it can be quite difficult to get them to school. So I know this is a a delicate subject, but we... um, well, John basically sort of went into school. It wasn't, it wasn't so much a, a request, was it? Is no, it, was just, it was it was informing them. Yeah, um, and it wasn't done in a um, in a, in a relatively aggressive way. It? It, no. it was just that they you know I'm currently five years from losing Sarah. Um, me and Hall should have gone to see a show in the half term just to have a bit of together time, which we do in November because. It's such a clusterfuck of a month for my mm. m- mental health. Well, you prefer not to necessarily massively acknowledge the day, do you? No. But to try and find a way of doing something nice in the time around it. Yeah. And I no. think it's finding a way to commemorate it without necessarily dragging your kids back into it. It's weird. As they get older, I think they become much more aware. Yeah, and, and holes as mood. Has it, it's body keeps stops. It's quite. It's quite. It's a, it's a little off to the side. So I, I went and said, um, explained. I'm going to take her out. We're going to go see a show. Um, and you know, to their credit, they were absolutely fine. I said, well, you know, of course we'll give the authorised attendance. Um, but I'll, you know, I'll caveat with that with this: this is the first time yes. and the only time all year that this will happen. Um, is not a thing that we do regularly. I do it. I've done it. Um, I can't actually remember if I did it last year, which is awful, isn't it? I think it fell on a weekend, but I've traditionally taken Monty out of school yeah. because he was he's always been aware of the date, whereas the others not so much. And it's just been a, it's been a day that we sort of spent together. Yeah. But I did want to just touch on this five year milestone because, and actually also to say thank you to the school because um, compassion to the bereaved, even after what seems to the outside world like a significant passage of time. Um, and and it is it is five years actually is it's half a decade, and I'm acutely aware that Holly was five when Sarah died. She's mm. now ten. Yeah. Um, I went through a lot of the same emotions back in March because I was five years in March, and Hector was five when Ben died. So it, I know what's going on in your brain to a certain degree right now. 
it just feels like a big passage of time, doesn't it? It feels mm. like a chunk of time and they've been gone longer than the child knew them for and it, it it's yeah. that grains of sand almost, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they're, they're disappearing. But because I, I, I was talking with my counsellor yesterday, um, also about um, my nephew, mm-hmm. who was born four days before Sarah passed away. Um, and it, it's difficult for me to comprehend, but this is her sister mm. who, you know, gave birth and they were all so excited about it because mm-hmm. Lord had sat by her bedside pretty much most of the way through her pregnancy. Yeah, they were so um, close. And it, yeah. And then from them to the, well, they, you know, for it to be so fleeting. Oh, I mean, and then uh, as the birthdays come around, you know, it's his birthday and then four days is the death anniversary. So I've, I've got to try and twist this mem- yeah. memory away and make November I think I think, I think you you and Holly just having a day out together at some point in November or maybe even a weekend away as she gets older becomes yeah. a, the, what you do to almost commemorate. Yeah. Um, because that's you very literally living your life and taking your child up to the West End to see a show. You're giving her a, an ex, a wonderful experience in time with her dad rather than going to some stone some way where and sort of encouraging her to cry which is also fine if that's what they want to do yeah but kids don't necessarily want that do no, they i think kids want time they just yeah. want time with well interesting when i a while ago i spoke to um another jess actually who was who lost her dad young and, and she talks about kind of the enforced grieving and how difficult she found that so that's another thing to navigate as well is they don't want to be told when to grieve though mm. it's God, it's bloody complicated, well, isn't it? Um, coming back from football last week, was it football? Yeah, I think it was football. Um, and also she was a bit just off in the yeah. car. And, and she ended up having a big cry. And I said, what's wrong with him? She just looked at me. She was I don't know. I no. don't know, Daddy. And I'm like, I think I do, darling. And then when I said, look, we're coming up to five years, it's around the time, anniversary. And since, she perked up a little bit. Yeah, well, it's finding the cause, isn't it? Um, and actually, I've been a bit off. I sort of put out a jokey Instagram thing, but it, it's um, I've been griefy, and it, this is not me trying to uh, steal your thunder. <laughs> <laughs> it's your grief month, but I'm going to have a cry. Um, now my grief's bigger than yours. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's not that. It's, I am, um, but I I don't know whether. It could impact, you know, the fact that I know that you're coming up to a big anniversary perhaps brings migraine. I don't know, but I, I couldn't identify why I felt just so crappy, but not the sort of <laughs> the usual self-loathing kind of overwhelm that comes from a traditional uh, mental health crash, but I um, just this overwhelming sadness and, like, desolation and oh, just... I don't know how to even put it into words. I just felt, I suppose, despair, you know, just this sadness. And I had my own counselling session and we sort of figured out that actually it's grief. And I know I mentioned this previously on the podcast, but it's, I'm, I will be six years buried in, in, in March, but for several of those years, I was a functioning alcoholic. So, I masked my grief and which is how I've got through my life is masking, uh, you know, things that I don't want the outside world to see or I don't want to have to deal with. And 
sobriety has enforced me to go back in and process this grief. Um, and it hasn't been fun. I got to be honest with you. I, I preach sobriety is brilliant. But if you've got some unconfronted deep shit, it, it's going to force you to deal with it. Mm. And I don't, but I put on his playlist. I went out for a walk before it was even light with a dog. And I put on the playlist that I've not really listened to for years. And it's songs that remind me of Ben. And I ugly, loud sob cried out in the woods. And I didn't, I don't know, there was anybody around. And I apologise to anybody of uh, West Morning if you were terrified by a howling woman in the woods on <laughs> Monday morning. You might have just started an urban myth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> wearing like a black mac with a hood and everything <laughs> yeah. Yeah. um but it it did feel better and we seem to want to s- suppress this need to cry and i understand that you can't always but i was helping out at the school on tuesday and oh, Tabby goes to a wonderful little school and and they're so kind there and two of the members of staff sort of said to me are you okay and I thought, oh, God, is it written all over my face that I'm having a wobble? But I just, anything was setting me off, you know, the slightest thing, and I was bursting into tears. Um, but identifying perhaps what it was and realising that it, grief does still land on you like a, t- a ton of bricks sometimes. Yeah. And the fact still remains that the man I loved died and my kid's dad died and he, he won't get to see them grow up and he won't get to be a granddad and however you move forward in your life and create a new, a wonderful maybe life like we have, that doesn't take away the injustice and the agony of losing somebody that you love. And nothing will take that away. Time, therapy, nothing. But you, you have to live with it. Yeah. And, and well, this is something my um, counsellor brings up. She says, you, you can be, he can be sad. And all that still happened, or you can be happy, and all that still happened. Yeah. So make your choice. Yeah. But, but the one, the happiness is generally not the easy choice. And and the happiness it is, you can't be happy all the time. Nobody's no. happy all the time. That's a, it's a fallacy. It's much like the fallacy of perfection. But. But a constant mid ground is okay. Yeah, and, and and it is okay sometimes to just have a really big cry because what happened to you is awful. I'm also wondering, I had a, um, you said to me the other evening, you said, just to warn you, um, if you go onto work, your work Facebook account, there's a message um, and it's a message from somebody whose husband driving up the road from us. Now this... The, the sort of lakes where this happened, they have a um, park run yeah. and it was closed. And there were sort of some rumours on you know Facebook pages, but I never really heard anything out. And at first I put it out of my mind a bit, um, but it did transpire that it, it was a diver and they did die. Um, and his partner got into contact with me and I, I just wouldn't look at the message. Um, it just felt a bit too close and then I did and I replied and I felt much better because I feel like she will need to to, I could maybe be a little bit of a grief sherpa for her on this one um because of the similarities um and she actually lives quite near and she knew about Ben she knew about just being part of the dive community 
So perhaps that stirred up some stuff. I mean, who knows? Who knows what goes on in these complex brains of ours? In fact, it could have been the squeak of a door that reminded you of the squeak of a shoe from oh, 15 years ago and just yeah. put you on the floor. This is exactly <laughs> it, right? This is exactly it. <laughs> or you can be watching a Facebook memory of them and not feel a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, or you can just talk in kind of casual conversation about them with the kids or whatever and, and not cry. Or you can hear, I can hear the first notes of Rocket Man and that, that's me. <laughs> that's me done for. I'm uh, sure everyone can relate as well. And, and I also want to touch upon this idea that doing the work, which is work, it's hard, you know, fixing yourself, fixing yourself feels like the wrong word. Um, Strengthening yourself. It's a muscle, you've got to build it. And, you know, going out and getting some exercise and and taking your meds and trying to get your nutrition right and, you know, we take it a step further and sit in cold water. But those things aren't necessarily things that you want to do um, and you do them. And then the worst thing is sometimes you do them all and you still feel shit. And that, I'm afraid, is when I just feel so helpless and mm. hopeless because I think, well, what else can I do? Nothing. That's that. That is the point when you just go, okay. I've got to just go to okay. bed for a bit. I'm just going to sit in this. Tomorrow's a new day. Wipe the day yeah. off and just agree that today you're going to feel a bit shit. Yeah. And, and, and chances are you'll feel better tomorrow. And this because, and sorry, chaps, again, this is perimenopause talk. Um, and I do, I do believe that these crashes are triggered by my cycle and even though i'm on the hrt i think it takes a while to settle um but you actually came across a new a new new uh, study it's like a week old yeah into um the impacts of perimenopause on on women and how the suicide rates are enormous Mm. between between 45 and 49 so right smack in i mean i'm I'm a little under that but um and in particular, there was a, a, a part of the study into the impacts on neurodivergent women and how um, more exacerbated it is and how much more likely we are to mental health crashes. So I've, well, you've actually sent it over to my psychiatrist. So um, I'd be interested to hear what his take on it is. And I will feed back if there's anything new and interesting. And I'm, I'm, I have touched on this, but there is a new podcast coming, um, which will be me talking about more sort of issues like this uh, among the many other things in my head. Um, so I won't, you know, I won't wang on too much about it here, but I also know that our, our listenership often is around the same age as me. So we're, we're kind of going through this stuff together. Um, and as we know, safety in numbers, guys, right? So just to sort of summarise, really, we've we've had a, a, a roller coaster of a week. We've had highs and lows. Tabs did very well in her dance competition on Saturday morning. That right. was worth the obscenely early start. <laughs> <laughs> Still got the cold tub though. I did. I, well, I did. Yeah, I did. I got. In fact, I I was trying to do a video this morning of myself with my new um, AirPod holders, which my very kind friend made me, and I wanted to do a little plug for her because she's setting up a little Etsy account, and. Um, Whilst doing it, I did slip on the ice on the way to the ice bath. So I'm now, I haven't actually watched the video, but if it's funny enough, I'll share it with you. We'll see how undignified it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we are, you're off to play poker tonight, aren't you? With your late wife's husband and his family, his brothers. Uh, I'm friends, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
It's, it's not <laughs> not high stakes. It's ten pound buy-in, and there was a conversation about wings and things. As long as, as, long as the <laughs> so, house doesn't get put down as collateral, it's all good. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and yeah, we've got the usual mayhem of a weekend, birthday parties, and in fact, we'll, we will be going to Costantino's yeah. birthday party. We will, yeah, five years, five year old, um, little fella. But yeah, we've got um, who's out on Monday. So it's Rihanna. So it's the re-record of Rihanna. So it's, it's the second time she's been in the hot seat. The first time, um, I think she was away on holiday. And she just, was in Albania. That's um, uh, the British had lots of connectivity issues, and it all went to pot. So it's a to mind doing it again. Yeah, it's quite an emotive yeah. one, and actually, it's a really no. Yeah, it's uh, it's a suicide one, but it's there's some quite traumatic details in there. So. Um, I wouldn't say, not gory details or anything like that, but just when you hear the desperation that she felt and you can really hear it in her voice, um, it might be quite difficult for anybody who has experienced loss like this, but it also might be comforting to feel less alone. So anyway, on that note, I will stop rambling and let you all be. But thanks again for listening. Do you want to do your like and subscribe business? Um, Yes. So if you could, if you're still listening right now, which I know you all are. She love this. Um, I love this bit. Um, get onto Apple Podcasts, get onto Spotify, get onto Google Podcasts while they still exist or wherever else you get your podcast. Give us a subscribe, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a review. Just just press all the buttons. Yeah. Type do, all, do the do all the things. Do all um, the things. We know that you've got loads of time and to do this sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's, it's, it's to help us share the stories. Yeah. The, the more people that like, review, yeah. And, and all the rest of it. The, the bigger the reach. Our, the our bigger reaches. the reach we get and the more people we can help. So, And with regards to Woodstock, it's in progress. <clears throat> I will have more to report back and um, I'm going to shut up now. So bye, everybody. Have a survive the weekend. Let's aim for that. And um, we'll be back with you on Monday. Lots of love, everyone. Bye-bye.